There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the divide. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. Thank you so much for checking out yet another episode. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here with another week of, uh, you know, what we do here on the Power Chord Hour podcast. Play some music, talk to guests, all that good stuff. This is going to be a guest episode. Got an interview for you. And, I mean, this is absolutely awesome. I got to do one in person, which, I mean, if you've been listening to the show, you probably know that I mostly do phoners. Not even mostly. I always just about do phoners. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of location. I'm in uh, I'm in Jamestown, New York, and we're not, you know, you're probably asking where Jamestown, New York is. And I feel like that might answer your question as to why I do phoners. So, you know, location is a, a very big part. And, you know, we just don't really get people who uh, come through here. And uh, play, and also right now we're in the middle of a pandemic, so you know no one's coming through to play, and uh, you know just just an area where people really aren't. So I normally do phoners, you know, the people I uh, would love to have on my show do not live around me, so you know we do that. But I did have a guest who I wanted on, and it was very very cool. I've played his music before, but a local musician, Joey Cobra, and uh, doing a very very great thing. He just put out a great pop punk EP called Fever Dream. We get into all that, his old band Wake, and uh, it was just very cool for me, you know, to uh, also be able to do some local stuff, you know, I mean, obviously, the uh, podcast side of this, you know, we, uh, we, I mean, we're really worldwide, you know, thank you for everyone listening, I uh, I know we do have listeners in other countries, I think that's so absolutely rad, you know, which also hit me up if you're listening, I mean, if you're listening from anywhere I want to hear from you, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you're listening in another country, I would love to uh, know if you're listening, powercordhour at gmail.com, like, let me know where you're listening from, I think that's so cool and uh you know i I always get a kick out of that but you know as far as the radio show goes you know we are on a local station in uh, jamestown so i mean very very nice to be able to uh, showcase some local music which uh, i always try to do and uh, we don't have a huge punk scene here and uh, nothing against it we have a solid music scene punk is just not one of the uh you know, I just don't think it's one of the main genres that you really hear around here. So, you know, I, I absolutely love that there's, you know, artists in the area that I can play and kind of put a spotlight on. And, I mean, Joey's just such a good dude. I mean, you'll you'll hear in the interview, I mean, not only do we talk about, you know, his new music, we just talk a lot about just punk music in general and pop punk and influences and all that. Like, I mean, it's just, it's also just, I think, a very fun conversation that uh, two guys who really, really love punk music had. You know, it's also one of those things where I think you can listen to this and, you know, hopefully find some really rad new music that you'd never heard before. But, uh, you know, also hear two dudes just talk about their love for, like, fat records and compilations. You know, just some of my favorite things in the whole damn world. And uh, those are a couple of them. But, yeah, I mean, I love talking to him. And it's very cool, too, for the radio show because uh, we're up to, you know, this is episode 28 of the podcast. We're up to episode 200 this week. We are going to be airing of the radio show. So it was, it was very cool not only to have a guest, but also to be able to have, you know, in studio, do an in studio interview and have them also from Jamestown, you know, because all of this starts in Jamestown, you know, even even though we've, you know, I talk to people from all over, you know, musicians from all over. And like I said, it, it's very rad to see that people are listening in uh, other countries. But it's also cool to spotlight, you know, like where we're coming from, you know, a, a little small place that, you know, we're not we're not doing this podcast 
from, uh, you know, New York City or Chicago or something like that. You know, I'm doing it in a small city of, I believe we have like 30,000 people here. So, you know, cool to uh, cool to kind of bring or, you know, kind of share what's going on in my neck of the woods, you know, that I, that I think people listening to the show would enjoy. So, yeah, I mean, really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, very cool to have this as a 200th episode for the radio show as well, which was unintentional, too. I didn't even... You know, a while back I noticed that uh, we were getting close to episode 200, and I'm like, I should probably have a guest. But, you know, also in Anthony fashion, I got a little lazy and, uh, you know, never really got around to that intentionally. I mean, I was getting guests, but, you know, I really wasn't uh, the kind of initial thing of like, oh, I should do something special for the 200th. You know, it kind of all just fell into place unintentionally. And, uh, you know, I was very, very happy to uh, realize that it's like oh yeah like we get to air this for the 200th episode and you know get to get to play you know songs that he's written and a bunch of other things some songs that are just you know kind of close to the uh, show and uh, you know I'm just so happy I've gotten to do it for that long too you know four years now and 200 episodes in and uh, I still love doing it you know I love that aspect of it I know I play music on here but it's not a I would never call this podcast music intensive just you know I mean for one copyright's one of the biggest things because for the first for I mean, up until I finally started doing this podcast, I had people always asking, like, you know, for the radio show, like, why don't you put it up on podcast form? And it's like, well, you know, I play like 16 or 17 songs every episode. And, uh, you know, that I, I don't think I have to tell you, like, my ass is going to get flagged the second I put those up as a podcast. Like, they're going to, like, there's going to be like 10 labels that have like copyright, you know, claims or whatnot. And some of them are even, I, I've had copyright claims against uh, some of these podcasts, which if you're listening on YouTube, you know, I always, I do have to apologize. I know there's normally not music in here. I know, I know when you're listening, you probably realize that, uh, you know, there's a chunk cut out, but that's just because a lot of times they'll flag that stuff before you even put it up or there's like, oh, there's this copyright thing. And, uh, you know, I just, I just don't even want to mess around with it. It's like, it just doesn't seem worth the headache. I'm sure some of those probably would be left alone. I mean, for one, we're interviewing the people and playing their music. So, you know, I think in the context and everything, I don't I don't think anyone would actually have an issue with it. But it's like it's just not even worth the headache. But, uh, yeah, you know, like doing the radio show and having that outlet to just be able to play so much music. You know, I play stuff on here, but there it's nice because, you know, I have a whole playlist every week where I'm like, hey, I've been listening to this Promise Ring song a lot this week. So I'm going to throw that on. And I'm like, oh, and then I go down a rabbit hole and I'm like, oh, man, I was just listening to this. Like this is such an underrated rad band. It's like I haven't played them in a while. So I do that and stuff. And. You know, I I never get tired of putting together, you know, just the playlist for the uh, radio show. And, you know, actually, it's kind of funny, too. I I, because the way it is, I do bring CDRs. It's kind of funny, but I still use CDRs to uh, do the radio show. And I come down to the station. I I have my playlist on there because I've tried doing flash drives before, but something about different formats get all screwy. And sometimes my uh, playlists don't come through. So I'm just like the easiest thing is just a CDR. But uh, anyways, I mean, I have like 200 episodes worth of CDRs now and, uh, you know, of just basically the playlist for the radio show. So if you want to hit me up, powercordhour at gmail.com, I mean, it's basically a free mixtape if you want. Just hit me up. I'll send you like one of those CDRs. Like I now have like 200 of them just sitting around. If you just want a, a CDR from like all the different episodes, like I'll send you one. Maybe it's like Power Chord Episode 80. And then you can check out what I played on there, you know, and then, uh, you know, maybe you'll discover some bands off of it. But Hit me up, I'll, I'll throw some of those uh, stickers and guitar picks we got too. But, I mean, if you want a CDR, hit me up. But after a while, it's like you have so many of them, it's like I can't hold on to these. You know, there's like I am a sentimental person, so in the beginning it's like, 
oh, like, what do you do with these CDRs now that I'm done? And it's like, well, I mean, I'll keep them. But it's like, yeah, once you've once you have like 200 of them, you realize I don't need 200 CDRs with uh, the playlist to my radio shows on them. So hit me up if you want one. I'll uh, I'll send you one out. It's like a pre-made mixtape for you. And uh, more than likely punk as hell. <laughs> probably uh, probably no Joser, probably no hashtag Joser shit on uh, the playlist. It's all uh, it's all good stuff. So, yeah, yeah, hit me up for that. But anyways, I mean, I have a nice long interview with Joey, so I'm going to get right into it now. Just wanted to uh, kind of update you with stuff and also let you know, too, um, it is a double episode week since we're at the end of the month. Don't forget, we are going to have uh, the July rundown episode here in a couple weeks. So we got a double shot of the Power Chord Hour podcast for you this week. And if you want to check out the 200th episode of the radio show, if you're listening the day this comes out or the week it comes out, it will be uh, this Friday. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to get into it now. I absolutely love doing this. We are having we're having Joey back, I mean, not only to talk about his music. He, he has a lot of different music coming out. But it's like literally we'll just have him on to just talk about punk music in general. I mean, we talked about that after this interview where, like, we could sit here and have a three-hour conversation really about anything. I mean, we could, we could start on, like, our favorite NoFX song and then somehow that snowball into three hours of music conversation, which, I mean, I enjoy. Hopefully you guys enjoy but, uh, yeah, that'll be in the future. Until then, though, here's this is my interview with Joey Cobra right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast. Right now on the Power Chord Hour and in studio, something I do not get to say a whole lot, so I'm very stoked for. Today we are talking to Jamestown musician Joey Cobra. And Joey just recently released Fever Dream, his debut EP. Outside of that, he has been in the pop punk band Wake and a whole lot more. We're going to talk about punk rock with him, talk about the new EP, we're going to get into all of it. It's going to be a good one. Joey, man, how are you? Great. Uh, glad to be on here. Um, big fan of the show. You know, love all of the interviews that you've been doing. Um, definitely a lot of really awesome uh, musicians that you've been talking to. It's really awesome to be here, for sure. Oh, thank you, man. I mean, I, I like I said, and, and as you know from listening, we don't get to do many uh, in-person ones very stoked to be able to do one and with someone too who i am really into like what you're doing and kind of you know we'll get into it more but you know i, I obviously interview a lot of people from different bands and different places but for people who like don't know jamestown we don't have a lot of punk around here we don't have a lot of punk music and uh i'd say joey is one of the ones one of the few ones out there doing it so you know we gotta we gotta shine a light on that and kind of get into it and I mean, you know, Joey Cobra is not the first thing you've done, but it's what you're doing right now. You want to get into that for a minute? Like sure. when when did you start doing the Joey Cobra project? Like how long ago? You know, kind of walk us through the beginning of, of you know, writing Fever Dream. Okay. Well, uh, for Joey Cobra, that, that was something that I, well, I was in a band in like high school, college called Itchy Boy and the Cobras. And so as a joke, we all decided to do the Ramones thing where we all took Cobra as our last name. <laughs> and uh, so what happened was after after Itchy Boy had broken up, um, the guitarist Richie and I got together and did kind of like a like an acoustic project. And we went by the Cobra Brothers and we were still kind of under the moniker, like I was still under the moniker Joey Cobra or whatever. And then um, after that, I started kind of putting out solo acoustic music under Joey Cobra. And so I released um, like three EPs after the Cobra Brothers split up that were just all 
acoustic. Um, then after that, I took, you know, a couple years off, then joined Wake and was still kind of under the moniker as a musician, Joey Cobra. And then, um, yeah, this, this year I kind of was thinking about kind of hanging up the, the moniker and, and not really thinking about, um, releasing anything under the Joey Cobra name. And then I decided, um, well, I've got this handful of songs and I'm in quarantine and, uh, maybe now's the time to put this music out and see see what I can do with it have some fun with it and you're just kind of doing it all yourself right I mean like it like it's full like when you listen to the record I mean obviously it's like drums and bass and guitar and all that but I mean you're you're doing everything for this project right yeah so I'm basically doing um everything on my iPad actually oh, wow. and which is kind of I don't know it's it's almost embarrassing to say but uh I'm just kind of uh doing everything really low budget just me and my guitars my my ipad programming the drums and stuff um and seeing seeing how big of a sound i can make you know seeing seeing how much energy i can i can get into these songs that's i mean that's really impressive to be able just to be able to do it even off an ipad i mean is this like the first time you've kind of recorded that way well, um, when I first got um, uh, iPhone, um, I found that they they made a like a GarageBand app um, for your phone for the iOS system, and so when I lived, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, in uh, in uh, 2016, and when Wake had when Wake broke up, it was because I was moving and we had, you know, a handful of, of newer songs that I thought were, were pretty good and some of the best stuff that we had ever written, actually. And um, we never got a chance to make it to the studio to record. And so I was like, yeah, maybe I'll try to, like, see, see what I can do with this GarageBand thing on my phone. So I literally, I bought a little, a little like, interface thing and I plugged it into my phone and I started playing my guitar and my bass and stuff and like singing into my phone and just seeing how, how far I could take these demos and pretty much learning, you know, learning what I could do with it. So I spent a couple of years just kind of like building demos and not doing anything with it, not releasing them, just kind of was like, this is for me. You know, these are, yeah. these are my songs. I want to be able to like hear them kind of fleshed out. And um, that also is a, is a thing that helps me finish writing a song as far as compositionally and and uh you know where what parts can I fit in here and stuff I I it I always kind of finish a song when I actually record it and and can kind of play out what all the parts are going to be so so in March you know we we you know put got put on lockdown and (laughs) I was like I'm not going anywhere for a couple of weeks so let's see let's see what we can do i've got a i've got um a handful of songs that i'd like to record and you know i just sat down and cranked them out that's pretty cool i mean like i said it's so neat that you can do it on there that way and i mean it sounds good you know like like you wouldn't you wouldn't know 
I guess like no one like at least for me it's like I listen it's like you really want to know how it's recorded <laughs> and I, I, mean, I, I think it's so cool you can do that at this point anyways well I know? mean technology's definitely come come a far way and and I am am always trying to trying to learn new things and and you know study what what other people are doing and and study how far I can I can take things to make it sound I guess as authentic as possible so do you kind of like then too? You were mentioning it. Do you kind of, for like, I mean, not, not even just leads, but for for like a kind of different things. Like when you're recording the song, you kind of someone who likes to do it in the moment or in studio. Like some, like maybe you'll like kind of have the bass track that, or you know, like the basic track there, and then kind of add embellishes and little things like just live in studio. You kind of like doing it like that. Are yeah, you picking that up. Yeah. So. Um... All of the all of the songs um, that are on the EP were finished. I mean, they were they were basically like ninety five percent written. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's certain things where you're you're playing something, and when you you know when you're able to isolate two guitar tracks and just focus on. Um, what those two tracks are playing you know you can figure out well maybe i can maybe i can add in a little something here or maybe i can change this part to complement what the other part is playing or do you know a counter melody and uh i really like to kind of break songs down and just kind of analyze um what each part is doing to just make sure it works or find ways that i can improve the part um, just to make make the best you know version of the song that I can. Oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. I I definitely sometimes that can be dangerous too. Being able to put in as much as you want, I think that is a nice it's it's a nice thing and kind of all kind of a bad thing in a way that that I think you do have now with being able just to put as many tracks as you want. Because I know when I demo stuff, I'll do like you're talking about. I I very much will do the same thing where it's like. Ooh, I can hear where a third guitar will go here, and then you start playing around. Yeah. Like, I could put yeah. this here. Oh man, I'll pan this here, and it will only be in the Brit. And all of a sudden, you have like twenty guitar tracks. Yep. You yep. Know? Um, I think my my big philosophy is to um, overall keep it simple. Um, don't try to do too much because it becomes overwhelming to to people who are listening to it it's of course yeah. when you're writing the music and you're like composing all of these extra parts which like which i've done i've you know i've experimented with that and found like when people when other people listen to it they're like you've got too much going on here. <laughs> you got to kind of dial it back and uh that's one that's one thing where uh actually going to a studio working with a producer um and having other people's input on mm. your music definitely um, definitely helps musicians grow, and that's why a lot of the um, you know bigger bands and stuff are going into the studio and and you know even even looking back on some some uh, great records that you find out were written you know when when some of the members were like nineteen or twenty years old yeah. and you're like those are really well written <laughs> like well thought out songs they probably had uh you know a producer or somebody in there kind of guiding them in the in certain directions yeah. and stuff because when you're when you're just 
you know, in your own echo chamber, it's really easy to let all that stuff get away from you. So I, I, I definitely try to, I'll even like, if I'm recording something, um, just kind of step away from it for a couple days or a week and just revisit it later. Like when you kind of jump down everything all at the same time, it's really easy to like get clouded, get your judgment gets clouded. And, and so, you know, having some kind of way to, to check yourself is definitely good for, um, keeping everything realistic it seems like you've kind of figured out a way to like self-produce yourself in a way that works because it is true. I mean, you now have to, and you brought up a great point too. Like, like the people don't think of where you do go, wow, that's a great song. or That's a great record from like a bunch of teenagers. Don't get me wrong. The talent is there. And yes, they probably wrote the songs, but you are right. What we're not thinking about is there probably is like a 40 year old dude in there. Who's like mm-hmm. kind of, you know what I mean? Like, Hey guys, like, you yep. know, you, you can't do this. Like you got to tone that back. So it's kind of nice that it seems like you've kind of figured out what works for you and you can kind of work with yourself in a way that's like, okay, I, I can I can do this. I can do this myself without being too kind of figuring out to not be too self-indulgent, make sure that it like, you know, it works for other people and other people's ears. Yeah, exactly. You know? And a lot of it has, has kind of come from necessity, mm-hmm. you know, like not not necessarily having you know, a, a studio and a producer and everything at your, at your fingertips, just like, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm not, I've never been in a, a touring band or a band who's that have been signed or anything like that. So, you know, I'm just doing this. I've been doing this kind of for myself, for fun, um, for a long time. And, um, so a lot of it is is yeah out of necessity like yeah i gotta sit down and and do this myself how can i how can i you know push myself to have this song be the most successful version that it that it could possibly be that's Um, cool yeah thank you you know and and i think too it's probably good because right now with quarantine there's probably people who are also in your position who haven't had to be for a while who are kind of the opposite who have relied on producers and (laughs) shit and it's like Ooh, yeah. Like I, I didn't see this coming. Like, how do I? How do I? Like, you can record an album with an iPad. That's impressive. Yeah. It's better than than one day realizing yeah. you have to record with an oh, iPad. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, wh- like what? Like yeah. what? Like what do I do here? Exactly. You know. Uh, it's yeah, and a lot of a lot of bands, a lot of musicians are releasing music right now. It's oh, actually yeah. kind of awesome because yeah once once this hit like i i thought that i had a good idea and then you know i went on the internet around april and i was like every everybody's releasing music right now (laughs) it's crazy like everybody you know every musician and especially the um the diy kind of smaller musicians and stuff took this time to be as creative as they possibly could and oh, yeah. um, make some really awesome music. There's tons of awesome releases that are coming out right now. It's it's kind of overwhelming. It's crazy. It, it actually yeah. is. Even, yeah. even I'm because I try to stay on top, obviously, for the show, and which is also a nice problem to have because it's like there's like in the beginning of the year, it's kind of funny. Like January and February are always kind of iffy. You know, there's a few new releases, but there's mm-hmm. not much. And like for me, I'm kind of trying to find new stuff. And I'm picking and looking, and then all of a sudden this happened, and it's like, now I just have to figure out, like, what do I highlight? It's not a matter of finding. It's like, there's so much 
It's oh, like, yeah. all right, now I have to live, you know, like what's good? Like what, what should I be putting out there? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, a, another good example of that too, we were talking about obviously before the mics are on, but, uh, Scott Sellers, you know, of, of Rufio, one of the guys who's just releasing nonstop stuff, oh, yeah. even, even before quarantine, but like, that's yeah. kind of like with you, you know, doing the stuff, self-producing, using the iPad, it's kind of the same with him where it's like, when this hits, He's ready for it. That's the oh, guy yeah. who's ready yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, that guy's yeah. ready yeah. for a quarantine. You know what I mean? I, I'm not going to uh, even attempt to draw any similarities to what I do with Scott Sellers because that guy is from another planet. <laughs> he is, and he's been doing it since. So 2018 was when he put out, he, like, out of nowhere. He, because uh, I, I was following him, him on Facebook, and out of nowhere he was like, Oh well, I just have like uh, all these songs that I recorded, and uh, he put them out on um, SoundCloud. And he would like it wasn't even every week; it was like every other day. He would like have a new <laughs> song like uploaded, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is crazy!" And then so, you know, a couple months later, like he's got this full album out, and. It was incredible. I was like, finally, like the dude from Rufio is like putting out an album. He put out in maybe 2015 or 16, he put out the Mercy Street album. Yes, I remember that. Which I still jam to this day. And it's like, I I almost include that with like his new full lengths because as far as the sound and and the energy and the style go, it's a departure from you know, say the last Rufio album. Um, and it's kind of this him, him kind of moving towards this direction that he's been going in for the, for the past couple of years. And now he's, yeah, he's released like eight different <laughs> releases ungodly amount. <laughs> in, in two years, which is like, there was a time when musicians used to release maybe an album a year or something like that. But, um, He's he's taken it to a whole <laughs> a whole nother level and and his musicianship is incredible. And um he's even he's right now working on releasing another album. God. I'm pretty sure he just released it was this is like this is like uh such such a 2020 thing. Like he just released a a covers album two weeks ago and now you know it's like oh well that was that was two, that weeks, was two ago. weeks ago guys you know, that's so long, long ago time. now we got to release an entire new album of all, all new original so yeah he's he's definitely a huge inspiration a huge influence on me but um yeah i would be lucky to even be half as good as what what he's doing and how good he is on guitar even singing is he's just great he, all around. He is so good. Yeah. I would say you do you draw influence. I, I think you do have a uh, sound that, that I think I think you can you can hear in there, which I think, you know, if you're a fan of Rufio and Scott Sellers and all mm-hmm. that, you know, I think you hear it like in Joey Cobra. But like like with him too, it is it is weird because he went from like when you think about it, I mean that last Rufio record, like two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, mm-hmm. and then that Mercy Street like album, yep. like what, four or five years later, and yep. then nothing for a while. Like it's not like he does that all the time, but the last two yep. years just nonstop. I I wonder what happened. Maybe <laughs> maybe if you could if you got him on the show, which would be amazing. That would um be fun. ask him. Uh 
that would that's that's always been something that I've always thought about. Like since he started like really, really um putting the pedal down and and releasing and recording all this new music, I'm like, what what did did something happen? <laughs> yeah, or was he just guy? like was it or was it, you know, a a thing where he was making up for the years that he didn't play music too or maybe a combination of things but like you know when when rufio's last album came out like they probably it had been a few years since their previous album yeah. came, oh, had yeah. come out and you know they released what like four albums or something i think all together they have like four records and an ep maybe yeah so like over the span of uh, oh, and you know that's a good, that's yeah. a really good example too, because that was like years. a span of yeah, like yeah. twelve years that you got that out of, it. and already in like two in like two years yep. he's he's like run laps around the whole like Rufio discography, like yep. you know it, it's yep. just insane. And you know when you, especially when you're in a band, um, there's just logistical things like trying to trying to get practice together, trying to get studio time together, oh, yeah. trying to get time together to. Um, write songs like even even just with one other person is as you're getting older you know and he's probably you know close to 40 at this point so like that's that type of time is like more and more um precious and also lacking uh when you're the older you get when you're when you're younger and a teenager like you're like well i don't have anything going on (laughs) So let's get together and write some songs. But yeah, as you get older, it's it's definitely a lot more difficult to get together with your buds. Like, because Rufio's great too, but I'm sure it's not like paying the bills for them either. So it's like to get no. some of those other guys where it's like, hey, I'm sure we'd all love to go on tour, you know, every month or whatever. But it's like we have families and we have jobs and like we have yeah. mortgages and stuff. Yeah. And it's like going out and playing, playing Rufio just isn't going to pay the bills. You know what I mean? Exactly. But exactly. I kind of like with you then, though, too, because you bring up a good point. Like with, with being able to have that Joey Cobra name and to go under that when you want, because it is true with bands, it's tough to do that sometimes. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it has to be so much easier to go in. And it's like when you want to do it, like this, like the new Joey Cobra EP. If you had a whole band behind you, you got to go record that. You got to get on everyone's schedule. Like you can't just put a, you can't put something out like you just did yeah. if you're yeah. in a band. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I won't, uh, uh I won't claim that the um, probably t- let's see. I think two of the songs they we were playing together uh, as Wake um, live at least, and mm-hmm. we were we were playing them as uh, at practices and stuff like that. So there were definitely influences from those other guys in the songs and. Um, we would have we would have recorded them as the band, but at this point, I was like, it was more of just like, well, you know, let's just, I, I'm bored and I want to be able to record these songs yeah. and and have you know people listen to them, you know, if they like them, fine. If not, like at least I put these songs together, and I also made um, uh, certain choices with the songs to change them enough so that um if we were to get together um as the band again mm-hmm. which i was you know at recently uh you know practicing with the with those guys since i moved back to oh, jamestown nice. um 
I made choices so that if we did get together into a studio, we could record these songs and they would be able to be a whole new um, thing. Like I, I cool. dropped the I dropped the the um, BPMs and I, I um, made different changes and I just uh, I wanted to make intentional changes so that in case we did get together. Um, the songs would be able to be re-recorded and not just like be the same version. Like yeah. these, there, there's definitely some uh, some changes there. But um, we, for two of them, we played at we played as Wake. Um, two, three of them were old Cobra Brothers songs, actually. Oh wow! Um, that I wrote. I wrote a handful of songs after the the economic collapse of 2008. Um and when I when I sat down and and thought about a group of songs that I could record, um I was like these are songs that are not only still relevant, but they're almost more relevant now <laughs> 12 years later. Um Wow. So I and and you know when we had done things as the Cobra Brothers, it was all self-recorded, self-produced, um, self-mixed, and very I, DIY. Very DIY. And you, if you listen to those songs, uh, it's it's kind of a kind of a rough listen, but they're still there, you know. And um, I wanted to just give them kind of breathe new life into them and um being being just as relevant now i thought that it was kind of important to to release these songs and and show you know the the kind of the the um type of idea that was going on back then the way the things that i was feeling the ways that our society was kind of working back then are are still going on right now and um i just wanted to kind of include those in and and really just make this i don't know kind of like almost desperate kind of angry kind of you know uh just this this release that really fit with the world that we're living in today it makes sense. I mean, the record does sound relevant now. So, I mean, I got, I got to say, I don't even know which songs you're, you're talking about, but just the fact that it does sound relevant now, I would say, yeah, that definitely, probably, probably a lot hasn't changed if you wrote them that, if <laughs> that, that far back. Cause yeah, they, they do sound relevant now for, uh, you know, and for some of those, had you forgotten about them? Like the, like those real old ones, like how, how um, had you known about them or were they something that you kind of rediscovered before recording this? Well, I, so it's funny because I um, I had this idea to record an I, an EP um, in case Trump got reelected, <laughs> and uh, I actually made a list of songs. And this was this was maybe in at the end of 2019 or beginning of 2020, and then so I, I had. It was pretty much the same list of songs. Mm. You know, maybe one or two songs were different, but um, I was like, I I feel like I need to say this or like repeat myself <laughs> in some <laughs> cases. But um, 
I had this list and I was like, and, and then when quarantine hit, I was like, you know what? We don't know what's going to happen. And these songs are, are extremely relevant now. So I, I just felt the need to, to kind of release them and kind of make this statement. Um, and just, I don't know, summarize the things that I was feeling and, and the life that we, there, we're living now. That makes sense. Yeah. And also, I mean, and as a songwriter too, there's probably something gratifying, which in a weird way, because I mean, at the subject matter that we're talking about too, like talking about how it's relevant, but at the same time, being able to go back and have a song that you wrote so long ago and be able to use it, mm-hmm. I'm sure it was kind of gratifying to be like, I can finish this and put it out, you know, an idea that you did start so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess I had, I had some reservations about it, but I was like, I I think that I've I've learned enough that I can um, I can improve upon these songs and and make them work today yeah. um, and kind of be seamless with the with the other new songs that I'm recording. Um, so yeah, I uh, one of the songs so beating the system, which is like kind of that slower song. It's got the acoustic mm-hmm. guitar in the beginning. Um, that one I didn't really change very much at all um the other two i just tried to like transform and make a little bit more epic and kind of you know it's it's like uh you know doing a drawing like when you're when you're like a kid versus trying to do the same drawing as an adult <laughs> like it's a fun experiment to do you know like God, see, that's a good idea yeah, kind of like see how you've how you've matured and and changed you know yeah. Um, a lot of the time, I I don't really like when bands re-record material, but um, I think for this instance, because not really very many people heard of the Cobra Brothers mm-hmm. um, album, I, I felt kind of safe. Yeah, people don't have do like that. preconceived notions of it. You know, they yeah. won't go in and it's like we've heard this before. Yeah. This is kind of a fresh one. It's yeah. new to them, basically. And I think some of the some of the old school like fans and friends who who had heard those songs. Um, at least from the the people that I've talked to have heard them and they're like, this is, this is, uh, great. And they, they just seem so, so fresh now. Nice. And, uh, so, um, thankfully, uh, thankfully it worked, but I kind of had this, this vision and I, I kind of went to my own little world for probably a month straight and, <laughs> and worked on this and spent a lot of time kind of just making the songs exactly the way that I wanted them to be. And I mean, who were, who were some influences would you say on this record or, or some bands you would say that kind of helped shape the sound of fever dream? Um, so fever dream, there's, there's little elements of, um, a lot of different bands. Um, because I had the songs already written, um, I tried to um, take different different approaches uh, to you know things like intros and outros and and make better musical choices than um, I think I had in the past because it's been uh, six years since I have put out an album, put out the Wake album, um, and trying to trying to just like. Uh, mature the songs in a, in a tasteful way. So I think 
some of the influences and being being the person that that wrote and recorded the songs it's always like it's always hard to think of <laughs> like what you, what it is that these certain things sound like but a lot of uh no use for a name of nice. course no effects um i do i was a huge no effects fan um growing up and so i always do a lot of like um bass soloing um in like intros or outros or different parts of the song so i always try to have that a lot more prevalent than uh, than most other bands Hmm. um even like alkaline trio some kinds of some some little elements there um but largely for for that one i i was just trying to like go about it and and think about just the songs and not necessarily bring about um, intentional um, influences. Not trying to sound like one specific sound or person. I was just trying to see how how far I could push the songs just on my own um, without any kind of outside influence. Well, obviously, I mean, punk is, I mean, we've talked about a bunch and, you know, the the EP, I would definitely put, call it a punk EP. What were like some of the early bands that got you into punk? Like who who were the first few bands that kind of got you interested in the genre in the beginning? Um, So, of course, no effects. Um, You know, I had a, I had an older brother. I was fortunate enough to have an older brother who's uh, three, three and a half years older than me. And, um. And I've got two other older sisters, um, but he would bring home uh, cassette tapes and CDs and stuff of music that uh, him and his friends were listening to. And it was around probably maybe 94, 95 was, you know, getting into the Nirvana and Sublime kind of stuff. Of course, Rancid um, and Out Come the Wolves oh, was a that, huge. That time, yeah, that I remember that being. I remember being in fifth grade and like listening to this tape, and um, thinking and thinking like, "Wow, this is like this is some awesome like dangerous music that's like <laughs> really cool, like like blasting in with Maxwell Murder." Oh, and hell like yeah. to to a kid, I was like. I was like, wow, this is this is really, really awesome. So um a lot of that no effects. Um and then even even bands like um a little bit later on, uh Lagwagon and No Use for a Name. Great ones. Um the Ataris. Nice. Uh but but I was I was fortunate enough to to be a kid um at a time when punk rock was exploding into uh to everyday life um in in our world and it was uh i definitely reaped the benefits of that for sure it's funny to think of now that like i mean like in outcome the wolves like how many records that sold or even like like smash like even when you look back at like really how big punk was and like how much it sold back then and stuff is just insane when you compare it to today they're they're platinum they're they're, oh yeah um and uh yeah you don't you don't really see that anymore from uh from newer bands um especially and even if you do it's not because of their record sales it's not because of their their um 
actual the sales of their actual music it's it's based on so many other things like streams and oh, yeah. know, things like that but um yeah i mean i don't know maybe maybe there's there's something to be said about um when that was coming out um there was this almost yeah like a sense of danger um and urgency to the music that they'll look I like and kick appealed. your ass too like tim yeah. armstrong looks like kick your ass and steal your wallet yeah yeah <laughs> um and and I think Nirvana kind of ushering that in the early '90s oh, yeah. really really definitely um, set the tone for um, for punk coming into the mainstream and and the the um, explosion of incredible bands that came out of the '90s and early 2000s. I wonder if that I I still wonder if that was a fluke or like what in it because obviously I mean there's bands who've gone big after that and stuff but just to the to the like how big punk was for a while there I I often wonder if it can ever go back there because even bands now that like are big within the scene when you compare them like like earlier we were talking about like the Wonder Years and stuff like that's mm-hmm. a big band yep. but if you compare them like their biggest to like like them at their biggest and probably one of the biggest pop punk bands right now is probably where like I don't know like Blink One Eighty Two would be at like Dude Ranch where it's like right. a band who aren't even at where they would get success wise and that's kind of like the platform now like you're yeah. like the biggest band is kind of only at like the beginning of some of these bands in the nineties like the beginning of their success yeah I well I think also um, that's that's almost just a testament to what, where the music industry is at. In that's general, true. that's true. Uh, it's it's not. It's you know no longer about you know your radio play and and your record sales or anything. It's um, and even it, even like concert sales and stuff. Like people aren't doing you know concerts to to twenty thousand people anymore. No. Um, and in this world maybe they might not be for the foreseeable future for a very very long time um and even if they do come back it's never going to be the same yeah. um there's there's going to be permanent permanent changes <laughs> to the music world um for the foreseeable future. I, yeah, I that's think. a bummer. I think you're right. Yeah. It, it is a bummer. Yeah. It's like... Well, at the same time, you know, you can still have those those underground DIY, you know, like bar shows where yeah. you've got... You, you don't have more than, you know, 50 or 100 people in the, in the building at the same time. It's not... That's still... Even that's not going to be the same, but you can still do... Um, smaller smaller venue shows which are yeah. like the core of like what makes uh, punk rock so special well, I, I had this thought recently and it would probably take a while because i don't think people would be into it right now understandably but i wonder if we're not going to see a big resurgence in house shows eventually because for yeah. one we're talking about how a lot of venues aren't going to reopen mm-hmm. and i was talking about this the venues that are going to reopen are the big ones are the ones who are probably the theaters in your city are yep. probably like a thousand cap, 12,000 caps or the house of blues or the live nation owned ones, the dive bars and stuff. The punk bands are playing at 
there's a chance they're not reopening. So right. you can't right. go play a 1,500-cap place. But you can go play that dude's basement right. where, right. you know, you can fit 30 people. Now, right now, people, you know, it's probably frowned upon, as it yeah, should yeah, be. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say go do house shows. Exactly. But I'm wondering eventually when it gets to a point, and same where maybe things aren't open yet, like, you know, live shows are probably one of the last things to come back. But it might get to a point where things are starting to get a little more relaxed and people are like, well, we can't do it on the books and we can't go, you know, do the theater show. But once again, this dude has a basement and right. we can kind of go have it there and it kind of be on the down low. Like, I really do wonder if like in a, I only I almost said six months. We might be looking more like a year, but like in a year, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I could really see house shows becoming a very big thing. Because it made it might not even be by choice. It might be like the only thing that's still open in our city right. is like the Allstate Arena, and unless you know you're Bon Jovi or something playing some you know arena place, there's nowhere for you to play anymore. Like all those dive bars are gone. Yeah. Not only that, maybe just unconventional places too. We also might just see some weird venues pop up. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I've I've seen uh, Tommy Stinson's done some really cool tours, or I've seen him play weird ass places. I've seen him play the back room of a brewery, like where they put their inventory. Like I've seen odd things like that Uh where I go, maybe we're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, I think a lot more outdoor venues. Like I, I think even, yeah, even with house shows and stuff, it's probably going to be, um, a lot of, a lot of, well, let's just set up out back and we'll play until the neighbors call the cops. (laughs) But <laughs> which if you own a big piece of property though, that's the other yeah. thing. It's like if you if you own like some property like kind of further out outside of town or like in a suburb, it's like, yeah, if you got the room and there's some distance between the neighbors, maybe you start doing things like that. Like it's a house show, but it's in our big ass field. Right. You right. know? Um and then yeah, even I guess replacing like mid size um concerts would yeah, probably be like outdoor outdoor venues where um you know you've just got a stage and a big field and people can people can socially distance yeah. and and um feel feel a little bit more safe but still you know have the enjoyment of being at a live show and i think that they're still um doing that or at least they they were trying to kind of trickle that in a little bit unfortunately our country's kind of like gone gone in a little bit of a different direction than (laughs) what we thought at the beginning of june but um i think yeah definitely definitely outdoors kind of stuff is going to be a big thing like a lot of trial and error too of just seeing some weird things that some things will stick and then some things Mm -hmm. you'll look back and go like what the like what it's it's a whole new world (laughs) A whole new world for sure. It's it's gonna be really. I don't know. It, it'll be weird seeing it because it is nice. And like you were saying, or like we we're both saying, is like there's so much music being released right now. The one bummer though is the lack of live shows. Because there's so yeah. many things like like uh, there's just so many albums. Like the Suicide Machines, put one of my favorite records of the year out so far. And you listen yeah. to those songs, and I hear ones where I'm like, shit. Like I hear that where it's like everyone's just jumping on top of each other. Like you hear, and you're like, I want to hear that song live. I oh, hear that yeah. song live, oh, and yeah. you can't. You know, it's like you're. You can't do that part where it's like, damn, like including a, a couple fat bands put out some real good releases this year. Where I'm just like, I see this in a very packed club, getting beer thrown on me, yep. pushed around in a mosh pit. Like yep. just, you know, like you see that and you're like, God, I long, I long to get my feet stepped on again, oh. <laughs> to, get, to get my vans and my toes smashed. Oh, I long for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. You know, sure. kind of going back to that, you know, like your your early punk, and I mean, having having an older brother, you know, were you were you a comps guy? Because I mean, you were you were there in the '90s and stuff. That's mm-hmm. like that's the time, including like with those Fat Records man and stuff. Yeah. Did you did you find a lot of stuff off compilations too? Absolutely. So, um, you know, it's and early on, it was I didn't really necessarily know who I was listening to or. Um, what comp I was listening to, because um, they were all, uh, you know, pirated cassettes. It was like <laughs> just like it just had like cool mixed and sharpie on it. And uh, so, you know, I remember listening to um, one of the, one of the fat comps and hearing um, uh, Atari's um, San Dimas and hearing Lagwagon May Sixteenth and nice. hearing. Um, strung out King Alvarez and and no use for a name. Um, here you know, hearing some of the the no effect songs and stuff. I mean, it was so around maybe 1998. That was when like no effects released so long and thanks for all the shoes and like That's my favorite. You know, no I remember right hearing these songs that were so you know they're they're so fast but so melodic and and had this passion that i i realized then um that that was probably some of the best music that i was ever going to hear um which you know that that's all you know completely subjective and like all about but your I, point ba- of view. I agree with you though it's yeah. subjective but the, i'm i can't disagree with what you're saying yeah and and you know people people older than me would would probably disagree and say like well well the stuff that was written in the eighties or stuff written in the seventies is is you know the best that it could ever be but to me that was that just happened to be like my time where um, I needed to hear that mm-hmm. um, and it had that that huge impact on my life and um, it it was something that that I'll always you know be able to carry with me there's a timelessness to i think to it because like like i mean the, all these bands that we agree on we both love yet we found at different times like i got like mm-hmm. outcome the wolves mm-hmm. i heard that in 2010 when i was 17 oh that was the God. first time so it's like <laughs> but like look at how that goes like i'm still 17 listening to this and it hits me the same way it hits someone in 1994 95 yeah. yeah it's a different era but it's the same thing i go holy shit like this bit mm-hmm. you know what i mean this bass solo and all it's like it, it's nothing is taken away from it yeah. I don't think. And I and even that it's like I'm 27 now and I bet there's 17-year-olds who are hearing like linoleum for the first time. Who yeah. are hearing punk and drublick and like I think it's probably doing the same thing for them where it's like doesn't really matter what year it is. It's just if you're a angsty teenager or whatever, it's like if you hear no effects or something like they were just so snotty and it's like yeah. it's just, you know, the, yeah. the humor and everything, it doesn't take itself too seriously. I just think it's going to hit you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's just a good record. Well, also, also, I think the stuff that came out back then still like does have this, this um, kind of authenticity and originality yeah. versus oh, yeah. music today that, um, you know, uh, if, if kids are growing up and they're listening to only music that came out, you know, probably after the year, like 2000, four maybe yeah 
they've probably never heard a a song that hasn't had some kind of auto tune in it or pitch correction in yeah. it. And so like listening to those albums like from before <laughs> that was even invented, like is like, whoa, this is what this is what real people sound like, this is what real music sounds like. Um you know, there's this raw kind of edge to it that I think today's music standards have kind of polished away a little bit. Which with a band like No Effects, like even though they are good, they also weren't into that. Like they didn't like we don't tune our guitars into the, It's yeah. like we're writing good songs, but it's like that's the thing. We're writing the quality songs. We've kind of lost that where there's more attention on to the production sounding great, mm-hmm. or yeah, having auto tune or like a beat yep. detector so the drums right on you know right yep. on that downbeat. And it's like, but you're missing the point because. There's like all this other stuff that was, it sounds, you know, some of it's sloppy, some of it isn't the most beautiful thing, but mm-hmm. it's like, God damn, it's genuine and you feel something listening to it. It was know? made by people. Yeah. And you can was. tell that. You can tell that. It's yeah. like, it was, it was just made by some punks in a, in a studio, probably, you know, not a lot of money either. Not a lot of time to overdo things like you screw it up, eh, goes to record, yep. you know, it's, yep. you, you miss that. Yeah. Would, would that be your favorite era of like punk? Would you say? I mean, like that fat wreck era that like. You know, mid nineties with that is that kind of your favorite era? Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely my my wheelhouse f- for sure, hands down. Um, there's been some incredible um, records written, um, you know, after the after the year two thousand stuff that's come out, you know, over the past ten years that I think is really great. There's stuff from you know yeah the 70s and 80s that i think is amazing but i guess just from you know from from my perspective from my from my journey that was the music that that hit me and had the most impact at that time so i'm always going to kind of view that as um my my kind of favorite style of music now there's there's bands that are that are playing now that are drawing that influence and a lot of the you know most ways that i'm doing that you know like (laughs) take it's all the people that grew up in my in my situation that were like you know idolizing no effects and light wagon stuff and um and they're the ones that are like writing music now and it's um you know hearkening to that era um that we all you know want to strive for um as far as musicianship and songwriting and everything like um the latest hit the switch album i don't know if you heard that no these these dudes they were a band maybe 2004 2005 they were they released a couple of albums um and didn't really do anything after like 2008 or Mm -hmm. nine and they released a new album. I call it new. Came out in 2018. Uh, but that's new to me. I, two <laughs> I do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but they wrote. Um, it's called Entropic, and it's one of the best things I've ever heard in in the past 20 years. It's wow. amazing. It's like this great high energy um skate punk uh you definitely definitely should check it out i'm gonna have um, to listen to this these dudes are rippers they <laughs> know how to play guitar um their drummer is a beast he's the drummer for um 
I want to say he's in, um, he plays in Voodoo Glow Skulls. Oh, nice. He's in a, he's in a couple of different bands, maybe Authority Zero. Um, he's in, he's in a few different bands. Oh, if that's the one, I think he's in Good Riddance too. I think it's the authority, maybe Authority Zero's drummer. I remember the same guy because they're the, like Authority Zero's drummer, I think plays in like Good Riddance and a couple other ones too. That dude plays in like four bands or something. Yeah. Yeah. That dude's a beast. And, um. I, I I can't say enough good about that album. Like it's, I, I was completely blown away, and I still listen to that. And I'm like, I I can't believe these guys did that. And I waited like ten years for this album to come out. <laughs> nice. It took them. I remember like they they announced that they were recording, like four maybe three or four years like before the album actually got released so i was mm. just like oh cool album should come out soon and then a year passes and i'm like oh cool album should come out soon <laughs> and they're like well maybe next year there are no so, scott sellers oh yeah exactly <laughs> but you know at the same time like you've got these these dudes are who are getting into their 30s and having kids and jobs and stuff like that that type of stuff is uh you know tough logistically to get to get together and be able to do that you know you can't just like cancel everything and go to a studio with your bandmates for two weeks or three weeks and focus just on music yeah you know that's not the type of like even if you're on a record label that's not necessarily the type of like deals that every band can get these days um so you know, it's definitely it, it's important to be patient with some of the bands that are that are you know not twenty years old anymore. <laughs> but um, you know, then you've got pe- people who are locked up in quarantine and decided to <laughs> release you know a couple different albums and yeah. stuff and and record a bunch of stuff. So that's I guess that's the silver lining to you know being being locked up for the past four months um a lot of people did some really awesome and creative things we've gotten some really good music yep Yep. i I think as a fan that is the better people people should have that that mindset more that that you do have to realize when your favorite band gets back together like years later it's probably more of like a a thing that they do out of the love of it like those guys were like in mid-level to even like smaller level pop punk bands in the early 2000s. Them getting back together now is not a payday. Like they're not right, Coachella's right. not paying them a million dollars to like reunite. Like so like sometimes people get like that and it's like, "Well, dude, like I'm sure they still love it, but they're not 21 anymore." Like this is like the yeah. thir- that was once the most important thing of the day. Now that's like fourth or fifth on the list. Right, you know right. what I mean? And it's like you just have to realize that cuz those guys Probably are living the same life that the fans are waiting for the stuff are. It's like these guys aren't that different from you. It's like yeah. they're living your life and also trying to like release music right. and shit. So right. you know, having that mindset's good. Right. I did want to jump back, you know, for a minute, like with Wake. And uh, I mentioned it earlier. I mean, like like what you're doing now, Joey Cobra, and what you did with Wake in in the Jamestown area. You know, we just don't have a lot of punk bands, pop punk bands. Mm-hmm. You know, like. When you were doing Wake, I mean, were you guys, like, one of the only ones doing it? Like, I always wonder if I was missing other bands in the area, or were, like, you guys kind of the, like, few ones doing that sound when you were doing it? Um, in in Jamestown, um, I think that there were some other people um, playing in punk bands and stuff, but um, not in the vein that we were trying to go for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we we all grew up you know with that that early kind of 90s punk influence for sure the good stuff um and james this is a funny story about wake um james solo he was the drummer he's a beast he's he's the he's one of the best drummers i've ever seen and worked with and um he was in a band in the mid to late 90s called plug and now they they were going to school with my older brother and so my my brother of course was like bringing home their tapes their cassettes (laughs) um of the albums that they they were releasing and um when I when I heard that, it was the first time that I was hearing somebody that either I knew or somebody that like I was at least like somewhat connected with, um, because you know these guys had like stopped by my house or you know they were hanging out with my brother or whatever, and so like it was it was that one step that made me think, okay, so this is real like this is something that people can do yeah it's not just like me idolizing it it's like this is attainable and these are dudes that that my brother knows that are playing music that's awesome and so um you know it was it was one of those things that kind of helped push me in that direction of like wanting to play in a punk band and play music and so then when in about 2011 um, James and uh, the original bassist Aaron Hall were in a band called Escape Tower, and um, they split up. And Aaron, who is still to this day a, a good friend of mine, he shot me a text. He was like, "Hey, James um, wants to know if you want to start a punk band." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." So then we met up. Um, we met up with uh, our buddy Jim Weaver, who was. Um, one of the original guitarists and we just you know talked about like all right well you know we want to play in a in a punk band and you know have that kind of 90s old school sound um and that was it and then i went home and just started writing songs and cranking out songs and um it was kind of this really awesome uh kind of full circle thing where i was now playing with one of the guys that that um you know i i grew up being influenced by and um now i got to work with him and james is uh, you know james was in smack dab and the audience and a lot of oh, like nice. the the you know the bigger local bands that, those are big lo- i mean yeah, like, as far as yeah. local band, like for people listening other like those are like the big local bands around yeah. here yeah so um you know the bands that that if you wanted to go see a show this weekend those were the bands that that were playing and stuff so it was really awesome for me to to be able to work with him and uh and be able to to crank these songs out because i hadn't played i hadn't played in a full band since uh maybe 2006 oh it'd been a while um it it had been it had been a while um the cobra brothers um album that we did we we played we recorded it as a full band but um we didn't we played like one show like as a full band um but the rest of them were like just solo like acoustic kind of Mm -hmm. kind of thing so it was really awesome um to be able to like be in this just fast 
like high energy punk band um and be able to explore um songwriting i think i think definitely at that point my songwriting ended up evolving a little bit and and maturing and being able to like come up with different parts and having these other older dudes that were that were bringing in their influences and stuff and stylings into into um my songwriting and so it was it was definitely a lot of fun and um i'm definitely really proud of the album that we put out no burden in 2014 um, it's a good record. We we've definitely played uh things off on the show. How I mean, how long then like I'm trying to think of the timeline. Like year wake started, year you broke up. Like what was your run? Um so we didn't technically start playing like practicing together until probably January or February of 2012 and um by about August 2016 it was when we broke up. Oh, okay. Um that was when we did we did our final show and um then i moved the following month down to uh down to north carolina so down there Mm -hmm. um like for for wake when you guys were together were you playing did you play a lot of shows together or not not too many um we did uh actually it's funny we did one show uh at the local um indoor skate park uh it was it was i want to say it was suburban blend at the time but there it's jsp now jamestown skate products um and they've got a sweet indoor um skate park on the second floor of this old factory building it's like it is very it's the coolest it's like such a jamestown thing like this old factory (laughs) speaking of unconventional venues exactly so um we were playing uh they do like a chili bowl skate skate bash every like new year's around new year's and um so that was our first show and we were set up to record that may and um our bass player aaron ended up quitting and um our other guitarist jim had had quit previously and um so what we did was hunkered down <laughs> as a two piece <laughs> and um rehearsed the songs for a you know a month and recorded um we actually recorded the drums, bass and guitar to tape at um high low studio um up near like Fredonia oh, and okay. um in this dude's barn and we ended up spending the next 18 months like kind of getting this thing mixed um james's cousin justin netty who lives in austin texas super talented dude he he had like worked on some of the audience things and just really great really great uh audio technician producer um he uh he was working on mixing it and we just ended up because we were there was only two of us we didn't really like practice or anything um but we spent a long time getting it mixed and and produced and everything and then we released it and we got um our buddy josh omquist came in to play guitar and then we got dana clausen um who's a really incredible guitarist too um he he joined the band and then we then we did you know 
handful of songs or handful of uh, shows maybe every other month or something like that we didn't play oh, okay. we didn't play too often but um not too bad though for a local yeah. band i mean yeah. there, there's a lot of you know what i mean like if you're playing like every other month it's not too bad yeah we did uh we did a show up in buffalo and um we just because all of the guys i i was the the youngest member of the band and i was the also the only one who didn't have kids <laughs> <laughs> and so i had i had much more free time than the other guys did so um that definitely uh taught me taught me patience to you know be able to you know understand like this isn't this isn't something that we're all like doing full time like yeah. we you know, this is our, this is our fun, uh, you know, get together, get out of the house, you know, a couple times a month and, and be able to rock out and stuff. So, um, it kind of was, was that for, yeah, about, about two years. And then, yeah, that's when I, I ended up moving. Nice. Yeah. That's, and I mean, that that's the thing too with, with, uh, you know, I mean, we brought it up before, but like with bands, it's like, it's very difficult with like four different people because you do even like you all may have different things. Like you may want to do it and, you know, play out and do kind of become a nationally touring band and play mm -hmm. more places. Then there's other guys in the band who are like, we're going to kind of do the weekend thing. You know, right, it's like we right. play weekends and stuff. So yeah. very, you know, it's very difficult. That's why I think it's also nice now with the technology and everything to be self-sufficient, be able to do kind of like the Joey Cobra thing where yeah. when you do want to release it and when you do want to produce it and stuff, I mean, you can make something that doesn't, it may be recorded and produced on an iPad, but it doesn't sound like it. You know what I mean? Like it no longer sounds like it. There was a time where when you recorded in your bedroom and stuff, it you sounded like you recorded in your yeah. bedroom. Yeah. You can get away with a lot of stuff these days. Oh but, yeah. Uh, like, like now it's like compared to then it's like, you can't tell. It's like, yep. you, you really can't tell. And also, I mean, the the world that we live in now is like, you know, nobody's nobody, no matter what, is playing shows. Yeah. Uh, in, in the near future, so um, you know, everybody's kind of had to make this move of like, well, let's record our music and and put it out so that people can listen to it. And and fortunately, a lot of bands are doing um, live stream shows and stuff, yeah, which is which is really cool. Um, but then at the same time, it's, it also is just kind of a daily reminder of like, you just staring at your phone, which <laughs> yeah, really watching these people play, wishing you could be there, like, you know, drinking yeah. a beer and, and singing along. I got to pour a beer on myself and yeah. step on my oh, own yeah. foot. Yep. Mosh with your cat. <laughs> got to mosh my, you know, my living room. Yep. It, it does. It is a weird reminder because it's like, I mean, it's nice. And I'll watch it for a while, but I'm like, because you can. Like, the thing is, if you're into that, and I, I am to a point until you get that reminder, but it's like, if you're into that, there's a band performing every day. Yeah. You can watch yeah. a band every night do a live stream. Like, that is kind of nice where it's yeah. like, if you don't mind that. Every night, they're like like the Ataris. Like I know Chris was playing like I think full albums. I oh, think just yeah. like live, like yeah. on Instagram or something. Like yep. doing doing Endless Forever tonight. Like yeah. just, and then playing songs too. Then you start doing that. It's like these guys are playing songs they've either never played before or like haven't played forever. Like mm -hmm. I notice a lot of bands playing things that they like have almost outwardly refused to play live, and now all of a sudden it's like no, yeah, not exactly. now we're playing. When you're playing that much, it's like all right, even, now we got to play that. Yeah, even even Joey Cape from Lagwagon yeah. did the the bad astronaut set which was oh, like oh i would have liked to see that so bad astronaut 
put out they put out three albums right and yeah. and um never played a show oh shit that's they, right they they never played a show and um so to the fact that he actually like sat down and and um recorded a set of him like playing those bad astronaut songs i think definitely like a lot of people um were so happy that they could they could experience that because he he never did that and one of his um one of his projects um called the playing favorites um oh i've never heard them was this this one album basically it was him and like four other musician dudes who were like also producers and stuff i know um marco who was in bad astronaut he was in sugar cult and too. sugar cult yeah, yeah. And, um and the ataris I, for a second yeah 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 <laughs> and uh so so they re- re- recorded this album and they each like wrote you know maybe three or four songs and came to the studio and so there's like like three different singers on this album but like the other ones are doing like backup vocals on the songs like it's one of the coolest albums that that i've ever heard of a band that never played a show and like they they probably didn't even they probably went to the studio recorded these songs and then never got together to play these songs like after that i mean you wouldn't really wouldn't need to but um it it's such a such a awesome like totally unknown album i've never oh, i love joey cape i've never even heard of this you got to listen to it it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite joey cape releases and uh it's just it's really cool having like you know some of the songs are his and you can tell they're like total joey cape songs <laughs> and then you've got like other dudes and then you've got Joey Cape singing like the backup vocals on these other guys' songs and stuff. It's it's a really really well rounded, just really cool album. You should definitely I, check I'm out gonna, for sure. I'm gonna have to listen to that. He's another one who writes. I mean, like same like the one week project. It's like that's another one mm-hmm. where I think he has quite a hand in like a lot of the songwriting for that. And it's like they just record him and then you know yeah. it's not like he ever plays him again. Yeah, you know he just works with the you know whoever he's working on for that one week and yeah. That's yeah. about it. That guy's yeah. always good though with like interesting projects like that. Yeah, and you you can tell he is he's like a musician's musician. Like yes. he loves the craft and he puts so much thought and energy into the things that he does and makes sure that he doesn't repeat himself. And this dude is a legend, you know. Oh, so absolutely. like he, the fact that he's he's done all of the things that he's done is just a testament to like how much he he's just doing it because he loves music yeah and and always has he's like fat mike to me where it's like they always do very interesting like chord progressions and stuff too like things Mm -hmm. that just right in a way that bands don't they don't go the conventional route like when you start breaking them down you're like wow like he you know he like goes like where you think the chord's gonna go where you yep. think it's gonna it's like nope doesn't do that like do something he never wants to do the predictable thing yeah definitely definitely unexpected and i think i think that definitely comes with age too um yeah you know when when those guys are getting older and they've written literal punk rock anthems like timeless <sighs> yeah. things like they're he, you know, they're like, well, I've I've already done that, so I might as well um, 
use this time to like get creative and and try to challenge myself and try to like try to actually think about the song as opposed to what i think people are gonna want to hear i i think i think that's true which in the end is the better thing because you don't want you can go there and go well, I'm kind of a legacy act or whatever now. And you can just write like that dude could just shit out. I'm sure something that sounds like let's talk about feelings every couple of years and yep. could probably his fan base would buy it and yep. he'd make some money. But it's like he doesn't want to do that. It's like, yeah, that's not fun to me. It's yeah. like I don't yeah. want to do that. Exactly. I, I think too a lot of fat bands. I, I've kind of liked watching it because like leg wagons, one of them is like strung out. I don't know. There, there's a bunch of like those fat bands who in the 90s were having their stride in their heyday. Mm hmm. The early 2000s were kind of their time where they kind of shifted sounds. A lot of times they were putting things out where it could be polarizing. You know what I mean? A lot of those bands were putting out polarizing things. And I feel like the 2010s were when the bands kind of reeled it in and kind of found this like... You know, we're we're not the same band from the nineties. We are we are doing what like the artistic integrity is there, like we're doing what we want, but we also are kind of at this place where we figured out where fans are happy with what we're doing. Yeah. But we're also not just putting out, you know, part two of whatever our big you know, sub you know, like whatever big strung out record, like we're doing part two of it. It's like instead yeah. Yeah. they kind of took that time and it's like you have a few records that are polarizing, but what that kind of did was it brings you to that place where they can expand and be like we're happy with what we're doing, but mm-hmm. the listeners are also, you know, happy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We, we, strung out for sure is is one of those bands that um, they've they've continued to be able to progress and yeah. and um, evolve, but also keep to the core of what they do mm-hmm. and change. I think I think even like No Use for a Name did that, where yeah. where you have you have these these really classic albums that they released in the 90s and then kind of yeah took took a little bit of a different direction towards maybe the mo- the more melodic side of things yeah. um but continue to to push and innovate and the the latest strung out album every time they they release an album i'm like this is this is the best thing they've ever put out. The last two is especially, I feel like the yeah. last two records they put yeah. out were like probably the best ones since those the nineties. Those are some face melters for sure. Those are good. Like you put them on and just like, my God, like, and I, I love when bands are like, like to me that there's almost like a warm, fuzzy feeling. I guess you get when there's an older band who has had that, where it's like, there are albums that people don't always love and they're not mm-hmm. the new band anymore, but they're yep. coming out and putting out shit where I go, Man, this is like like the Suicide Machine is another one. They yeah. put out one of my favorite records this year, and I'm like, these guys aren't new. Like, this isn't new. This guy, this yeah. is album what for them? They've been, yep. they've been a band I think literally longer than I've been alive. They started yep. a few years before I was alive. They're not like the fresh new faces, but they're writing shit where it's like, oh my god, like the they're still the best at it. Like yeah. they're putting out stuff yeah. where I'm like, oh no, it, do, it doesn't matter. Like that energy's still there. It doesn't matter that they're older. It's it's still good. Um, yeah, and it. And, it even yeah, uh, Suicide Machines, which um, your interview with Jay, Jay Navarro was oh, pretty you. epic. Uh, but um, yeah, even even they took a turn in in their music styling in the oh, early two thousands, which I think 
kind of created some of the some of the best like hardcore ska i don't know what genre you can call those things that's a hard one um including from like self like you look at like uh self-titled where they kind of had you know they were almost going for i don't want to call it poppy but obviously for suicide machines that's a pop record it yeah 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 and and their first yeah their first their first album was like it was almost like a like an operation like the 90s version of op Operation yeah. Ivy and uh kind of if they would have kept going if you think about it like if Op Ivy kind of would have maybe kept being a band and stuff I I wonder you know I almost feel like it maybe would have went that way kind of towards that sound Did you ever hear Common Rider? No, so I've heard that name. That's um Jesse's Jesse's new band after um Operation Ivy Ooh, I gotta listen that to he started I I, I want to say it was like the early 2000s um but um, they he put out he put out two albums with Common Rider um, that were really really good like just like rock with some ska influence oh, albums nice. like it's definitely not you know it's not it's not Operation Ivy but it, those those are some really really good um, ska influence songs I gotta listen um, to that <laughs> well we're on that but um but yeah so suicide machines you know they they had that sound and then they went in a little bit more of a pop direction um and then then a they whole did. like yeah and then they were like you know what we're really <laughs> angry about a lot of things in this country and we're gonna we're gonna like scream about it yeah. and like they they put out two two really great records and then yeah they then they split up and um this new record is is them yeah picking up exactly where they left off and just crushing it like uh, you know nothing sometimes sometimes you have a band that reunites and yeah they they lose that that thing that made them special it's sad Um, but it happens and and you know maybe it's because they're like overthinking it or maybe something changed and and um they can't quite figure out how to get that thing back but yeah suicide machines 100 percent um did did a great job on on this new album and it's it's like they never left for sure i i i love that i love that record and i do i love when bands uh I feel like fat record bands are kind of having that again. They're kind of having their like second stride. Where, yeah, they're all like putting out stuff where like you kind of do put it up with some of the early, like the new Suicide Machines. I put that up with the first two mm-hmm. records. Like I yep. go like yep. it's as good as that. Like those first two are my favorite. And I'm like this is as good as that. Like these bands are kind of putting things out like that again. Which yeah, yeah as a fan is like huge. I'm like oh hell yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Broadway calls. Just came out Ooh, with a good. new I heard album. the first single. Oh, I haven't heard the whole the whole album. I only heard the first single, but I liked that. I I was uh, listening to that the other day. Um, they they've definitely got some bangers on that album, and uh, the new Lawrence Arm. Just listen that today is like that's just so, it's yeah the Lawrence Arms. They haven't put out a, an album. And I don't know how many years. Metropole was six years ago. Yeah. Seeing that today, so, Metropole is 2014. Yeah. And even that, you know, had been quite a few years since. And Calcutta was like 08, I think. 2006 or, yeah, 6 you, or 8. You, yeah, not, not 08. You're right. I think it was 06. So, so you know, when you think about the, the amount of music that these bands are recording over uh, 
the better part of 15, 16 years. Um, the the new Lawrence Arms is definitely it's it's new, it's innovative, and it's still like got what what it is that you love about yeah. the Lawrence Arms. And like I've always been a huge fan of of Chris's songs and his songwriting and his voice. Um, and you know, then you have Brendan in there like breaking things up and doing his thing, and like. It just works for them. I saw them. I saw them um, right after they released the greatest story ever told. Ooh, it's my second favorite Larry Arms record. Um, that that album. That album is so perfect good. in my opinion. So good. It's it's amazing, and um, yeah, they've they've definitely got some some really really great music, and their new album is up there with that. Oh, absolutely. No, there's another one where, yeah, it's like those guys have been, Lawrence Arms has been a band for 20-something years now, and it's like you're still putting out good music. There's just oh, so yeah. many bands who 20 years in are just not, who are just like, all right, we hit autopilot on like yeah. year 11, we hit autopilot, it's like, all right, let's ride this one out. Or yep. it's like them, it's like, no. Nah, they. Which I kind of like that, because yeah, they don't put it records out consistently, but what you get is a good one every time. Like mm-hmm. They have a good track record, so what they're not doing is well, this one's good, and then they put one out two years later, and it was, like, iffy, and then the next one was, like, whatever. It's, like, nah, like, everyone has a quality to it because they're not yep. just putting them out, you yeah. know, like that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I do I do think that helps with bands. You know, like, and like we're saying, live music is not a thing that we're thinking much about now, but, like, for Joey Cobra, I mean, long term, could you see yourself doing live stuff, or would you – would you, you're bringing up like, you know, with Wake playing some of those songs with them. Like, could you see making Joey Cobra a live band thing or would you rather do that more with a band per se? I, it would probably just, it would probably be the band. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, after I moved back to Jamestown, I did get together with um, the guys from Wake with uh, with James and, and Aaron um, is playing bass and um, Dana was playing guitar. Um, you know, we, we got together and tried writing some songs and unfortunately with everything that's happening we didn't necessarily get to flesh those things out and um so uh i would definitely when it came to playing live and playing with a full band i would i would it would be with playing with those guys and it would probably be a new band Mm -hmm. um you know with a with a new name and and um just kind of trying to whether it be these songs or or trying to innovate and write new songs um if if i'm playing live and it's not acoustic like i i guess i i wouldn't be opposed to playing like doing like maybe a live stream acoustic or something like that but it's probably going to be probably going to be abandoned and you know as as far as i know would be with those guys we're still you know, planning on getting together and, and jamming when we can. And, and I mean, if people, and, and we'll play, uh, I am going to throw a Wake song on here, too, and play some Joey Cobra. I mean, like, for people who haven't heard, I mean, that makes total sense, too. Like, I, I yeah. feel like, like, doing it with the Wake guys, I'm like, that sounds not so different where you're like, that's left yeah. field. It's like, that totally makes sense that you would go do that with them. Right, right. And, and you know, some of, some of these songs we probably will end up um, – translating to the band and evolving and and um just kind of making making our own um and i've actually got uh another release that's coming out on august 7th 
Ooh. of something, which is it's funny because it's it's a new it's a new release, but it's all stuff that I recorded in 2013, 2014 mm-hmm. with um, my buddy Chris Bell, and um, I had when I was doing a, a, most of my solo stuff, I was recording uh, with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh i had this this ep that my buddy joel murray played drums on he recorded at um, one of his buddy studios in la um then i recorded the rest of it here and it's just like this this little group of songs that um kind of fit thematically it's almost like a concept album mm-hmm. um and some you know some of the songs are like with a full band some of them are acoustic one of them is like all piano and nice. like kind of like got this this really kind of atmospheric sound um but these songs yeah i mean i recorded them in 2013 was when i started i finished in about 2014 i added a couple things here and there along the way and and um unfortunately it kind of got you know put on the shelf until this year and chris sent me new mixes and uh of course you know i had i had some notes for him to like make more work (laughs) for him he he definitely was super patient with me like he is i can't thank him enough for the the amount of work that he's put into this and the amount of patience that he's had with with me on this Mm -hmm. and um but yeah, so I've got this new EP called Way Too Many Mistakes. <laughs> and uh, it's coming out on, on Bandcamp on August 7th, and then it'll be on like Spotify and everywhere else on um, August 14th. Oh, nice. But, um, so pretty soon. We're talking, I mean, yeah. at the time of this, like a yeah. couple weeks. Yeah, so, you know? um, and that will, that's going to sound very different from the, from the um, Fever Dream. Oh, Joey nice. Cobra EP. It's going to be, and because I've recorded it, yeah, over over six years ago, um, is going to have a definitely a different sound. It's still it's still me. I actually do, did uh, an acoustic version of a wake song oh, nice. um, on that as well. And um, but yeah, it's people people who have heard me for the first time on Fever Dream are going to listen to this and be like, whoa, he changed the sound. <laughs> but it's not really, that's not really the case. It was more of like, um, kind of like a project and experiment kind of thing. And it wasn't really something, it was something I was doing for me and mm. not necessarily to try to get out and have people listen to. But if people, you know, check it out and they like it, then that's awesome. Nice. But this was, it was just kind of like a long-term goal just for myself to be able to get it out yeah hey i mean like you said if there's anything to get out of quarantine i mean to being productive releasing stuff being creative like that yeah you know to be able to do that is very nice yeah yeah i'm and then i'm actually working on recording actively recording um songs for another ep (laughs) to be released man to be released um you know, maybe before the end of 2020, but I'm also thinking about like, well, you know, maybe you should take your time with it. And, and to, instead of on fever dream where I was like totally investing my energy and time into this 
this one release and getting it out in a short, relatively short time period, considering I just spent six years on one, on one, and then I took two months and released a, another one even before that one got released. But um, taking pulling the Scott Sellers there, yeah, yeah. Uh, but trying to trying to maybe take some time and, and develop the songs and and really think about the craft um, because, like I said, I'm not necessarily like worried about you know playing to to an audience or anything like that like if people like the tunes that's incredible that's more than i could ever ask for but um you know really taking these songs and trying to to approach them in a in a more thoughtful way than um than i would if i was just like i gotta crank these songs out in a month and and you know they sound great like i've uh, uh, i've actually got four of the songs are basically done like i could release them and it would sound like fever dream uh but i want to i want to take some time and kind of think about some some creative ways to like make the songs just as as good as i can possibly get them i think that's the better to me when when artists like kind of have that mindset more of I like I want it to be something that I'm proud of and if people like it that's awesome I feel like that normally comes out better that way yeah like you know what I mean yeah you don't have anything to prove you yeah know? um this isn't my full-time thing I've actually got um my wife and I are expecting our our first kid our our daughter in September oh congrats man and uh thank you but I know that uh, my schedule is going to drastically change uh, around the fall. So, you know, I, I know that I'm going to need to have a lot more patience with, like, being able to get away and, and do that fun stuff on the side yeah. that, I'm, that I'm doing. I also um, am a painter. I paint and, and make art and stuff. I know that all of that stuff is going to... Uh, kind of take some adjusting to to figure out like how much i can actually fit in and you know whether i can prioritize certain things or not but um she's definitely going to be our (laughs) you know our new new uh full-time you know experience oh absolutely uh we we can't wait we're we're thrilled for sure no that's awesome and I mean, you know, as we as we close up here, you want to tell people where they can find you on social media, where they can find the music. I mean, I know same with your art stuff, man. All your stuff here. Go ahead and promote. Let people know where to find you, dude. Okay. Um, so uh, band. So on Bandcamp, it's uh, joeycobra.bandcamp.com. Um, you can find me on Spotify as well. Um, Facebook would be facebook.com slash Joey Cobra. Instagram is um, at Joey Cobra Music with underscores in between. Um, if you want to check out my artwork, um, my website is josephgrice.art. Go check that out. Yeah, you got music, you got art, you got a bunch of stuff to check out. And uh, yeah, we're going to play some stuff off Fever Dream. We got to play some Wake 2. But uh, we will we will kick it off right now with Won't Be Long, Off Fever Dream. Listen to this. Go check out the, the EP. Go check out Wake. Check out all his stuff. So right now, here is Joey Cobra, Won't Be Long, right here on the Power Chord Hour.
bullshit And I need to look at myself with as much criticism as everyone knows Right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast off his brand new EP, Fever Dream. That was Joey Cobra with Beating the System. Before that was Joey's old band, Wake, with No Burden. That is the opener and the title track off their record, No Burden, which you can still grab off their band camp. Before that was Joey Cobra with The Cost, and before that was Won't Be Long, both of those also off his brand new EP, Fever Dream. Go grab that. It is on his band camp. It is on Spotify. I think just about everywhere you listen to your music. But uh, I always like pushing people to Bandcamp. Go there, and uh, they're also, you know, Bandcamp has extended the, I believe it's like every first Friday of the month, 
they uh, waive all fees for artists. So uh, artists get to keep all the money when you uh, buy their record on there. So go check that out. Look into that and make sure I'm not like, I know I'm not lying. That is actually what they're doing, but I might be like screwing up the day. So make sure I'm giving you the uh, right day to do it, but maybe go grab it then and, uh, you know, help Joey out. Also, like you heard, he has a kid on the way. So I'm sure he would appreciate that. And, uh, you know, be very rad of you to support some uh, local music from here in Jamestown, no matter where you're at. And yeah, check it out. Check them out on all social media. And, uh, yeah, you know, stay connected with Joey and make sure you stay connected with the power cord hour as well. If you're not following us online, we're everywhere at power cord hour. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on uh, YouTube. If you're not listening there, shout out to you. If you are listening to this on YouTube, uh, we're on Spotify every week. I put up a playlist of what I'm playing on the radio show. So, you know, if you do not listen to the radio show or you miss an episode, you can uh, go there and see what I'm playing on there. And you know, that is, that's every week I put those up. So check it out. Also check out the Power Court Hour radio show that is every Friday night at 10 Eastern on 107.9 WRFA right here in Jamestown, New York, where I'm currently, I'm even recording this in the WRFA studio right now. Um, so yeah, really, really rad station. Listen to my show, but my show's not shit compared to some of the other ones. We have some really good uh, content and programming on there. Lots and lots of local stuff. And, uh, you know, it'd be cool, like I said, no matter where you're at, you can listen to us from anywhere on WRFALP.com. So I don't care where you are, listen to it, check out the radio show and uh, all the other shows on there. And like I mentioned earlier, I have an ass ton of, uh, and I weighed it, it is an ass ton. I put it on a scale, and that's what the scale said. But uh, I have an ass ton of CDRs from the radio show from the last four years. I got like 200 of them. And uh, I don't need 200 of them. So hit me up, powercordhour at gmail.com. I'll send you one free. Like I said, it's a playlist that I uh, bring in here to do the radio show. So you'll get a little, uh, you know, you'll get whatever I was playing at the time. And uh, who knows? It's probably like a lot of quote unquote new music from like 2017, you know, which is insane to think it's been three years now. But uh, yeah. So hit me up for that. Also stickers. I got stickers. I got guitar picks. Shout out to uh, Steve Clayton Custom for making some really rad custom picks for us. Uh, hit me up, powercordhour@gmail.com for those. Those are all free. All that stuff I was talking about is free. Going to have t-shirts soon. You can. Uh, I, I'll let you know when those are. So I guess you can't hit me up just yet. But uh, they look very, very rad. A, a listener, uh, shout out Grace, right here in Jamestown, got us some made. She got us some made like a year ago. And uh, we're out of them. And she just got some new ones made with a brand new design. I cannot wait to get them. They look rad. I thought the last ones looked really cool. But uh, she outdid herself with these ones. I mean, shout out to her for making them. I mean, for, for no other reason than being a fan of the show, she uh, you know made those. And I've, I, I give those out. Someone asked me about those. And I'm like, I would feel weird as hell trying to sell those when uh, someone was cool enough to go get them made for us. You know, like maybe if I made them myself, maybe I would like, or, you know, paid to get them made, I would like go put them for sale. But it's like, if a listener was cool enough to get them made, I'm just going to give them, you know, I'm going to give them away for free. Maybe we'll do a contest, you know, we'll, we'll maybe do something kind of creative with it, but it's like, I'm not going to charge someone when uh, someone was cool enough to go do that. So when I get those in hand, I'll let you know. And if you'd like a shirt, you can uh, hit me up and uh, I may just give them out. I don't know. Maybe we'll do something cool. Not sure yet. Either way, you won't have to pay for them. And uh, yeah, so that's it. 
I got free shit for you. This show's free. It's all, I mean, you're just, you're taken and taken from me. And the least you could do was is, uh, is go, I'm going to make you guys feel bad here. And uh, please go subscribe and uh, rate us. I'm not going to tell you give us five stars because maybe I don't deserve five stars. But rate us and subscribe to us. It's the least you can do. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you want to do that wherever you listen to your podcast. But that is going to be it. Like I said, not don't even check out next week. We'll do check out next week. But I will be back here in just a couple days with the July rundown. I'm going to play some a uh, couple songs here for you that came out this month. Give you the music news. Let you know the uh, records that came out this month. And uh, just talk some bullshit, as I always do, as I'm doing right now. You know. So, uh, yeah, a couple more days for that. And we will have another interview next week. I'm pretty stoked for it. And uh, it's going to be... It's something, you know, I mentioned earlier, fat records and compilations are near and dear to my heart. And another thing very, very near and dear to my heart, though I'm not actually from New Jersey, though I, I do like the state, um, New Jersey pop punk. So, uh, you know, something something that, funny enough, has been very prevalent on this uh, podcast and really my radio show, considering my very first uh, guest back in 2016 was Steve Neurotic from Shower with Goats, which is a New Jersey pop punk band. So, uh, you know, we, we, we got our, I guess not roots, but I guess kind of. We got some, uh, I'm not, like I said, I'm not really from there. I'm just a fan of the music. But, uh, yeah, we'll be talking Jersey next week, and it ain't even going to be Springsteen. It's going to be the real. We, we're going to get into it, and uh, I'm pretty stoked for my guest. But, yeah, that is going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to uh, Joey for doing this. And, uh, yeah, so for the Power Court Hour, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thanks for listening.